Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 13, Texts 17 through 28. Text 17 Insurmountable, eternal time imperceptibly overcomes those who are too attached to family affairs and are always engrossed in their thought. Report by Srila Prabhupada I am now happy. I have everything in order. My bank balance is quite enough. I can now give my children enough estate. I am now successful. The poor beggar sannyasis depend on God, but they come to beg from me. Therefore, I am more than the Supreme God. These are some of the thoughts which engross the insanely attached householder who is blind to the passing of eternal time. Our duration of life is measured, and no one, is able to enhance it even by a second against the scheduled time ordained by the Supreme Will. Such valuable time, especially for the human being, should be cautiously spent, because even a second passed away imperceptibly cannot be replaced, even in exchange for thousands of golden coins amassed by hard labor. Every second of human life is meant for making an ultimate solution to the problems of life. In other words, repetition of birth and death, and revolving in a cycle of 8,400,000 different species of life. The material body, which is subject to birth and death, diseases and old age, is the cause of all sufferings for the living being. Otherwise, the living being is eternal, he is never born, nor does he ever die. Foolish persons forget this problem. They do not know at all how to solve the problems of life, but become engrossed in temporary family affairs, not knowing that eternal time is passing away imperceptibly and that their measured duration of life is diminishing every second without any solution to the big problem, namely repetition of birth and death, disease and old age. This is called illusion. But such illusion cannot work on one who is awake in the devotional service of the Lord. Yudhisthira Maharaj and his brothers the Pandavas were all engaged in the service of Lord Sri Krishna, and they had very little attraction for the illusory happiness of this material world. As we have discussed previously, Maharaj Yudhisthira was fixed in the service of the Lord Mukunda, the Lord who can award salvation. And therefore, he had no attraction even for such comforts of life as are available in the kingdom of heaven. Because even the happiness obtained on the planet of Brahmaloka is also temporary and illusory. 
because the living being is eternal. He can be happy only in the eternal abode of the kingdom of God, Paravyoma, from which no one returns to this region of repeated birth and death, disease and old age. Therefore, any comfort of life or any material happiness which does not warrant an eternal life is but illusion for the eternal living being. One who understands this factually is learned, and such a learned person can sacrifice any amount of material happiness to achieve the desired goal, known as Brahmasukham, or absolute happiness. Real transcendentalists are hungry for this happiness, and as a hungry man cannot be made happy by all comforts of life minus foodstuff, so the man hungry for eternal, absolute happiness cannot be satisfied by any amount of material happiness. Therefore, the instruction described in this verse cannot be applied to Maharaj Yudhisthira or his brothers and mother. It was meant for persons like Dhritarashtra, for whom Vidura came especially to impart lessons. Text 18. Mahatma Vidura knew all this, and therefore he addressed Dhritarashtra, saying, My dear king, please get out of here immediately. Do not delay. Just see how fear has overtaken you. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Cruel death cares for none, be he Dhritarashtra or even Maharaj Yudhisthira. Therefore, spiritual instruction, as was given to old Dhritarashtra, was equally applicable to younger Maharaj Yudhisthira. As a matter of fact, everyone in the royal palace, including the king and his brothers and mother, was raptly attending the lectures. But it was known to Vidura that his instructions were especially meant for Dhritarashtra, who was too materialistic. The word Rajan is especially addressed to Dhritarashtra significantly. Dhritarashtra was the eldest son of his father, and therefore, according to law, he was to be installed on the throne of Hastinapur. But because he was blind from birth, he was disqualified from his rightful claim. But he could not forget the bereavement, and his disappointment was somewhat compensated after the death of Pandu, his younger brother. His younger brother left behind him some minor children, and Dhritarashtra became the natural guardian of them. But at heart, he wanted to become the factual king and hand the kingdom over to his own sons, headed by Duryodhana. With all these imperial ambitions, Dhritarashtra wanted to become a king, and he contrived all sorts of intrigues in the consultation with his brother-in-law, Shakuni. But everything failed, by the will of the Lord. And at the last stage, even after losing everything, men and money, he wanted to remain as king, being the eldest uncle of Maharaj Yudhisthira. Maharaj Yudhisthira, as a matter of duty, 
maintained Dhritarashtra in royal honor, and Dhritarashtra was happily passing away his numbered days in the illusion of being a king or a royal uncle of King Yudhisthira. Vidura, as a saint, and as the duty-bound affectionate younger brother of Dhritarashtra, wanted to awaken Dhritarashtra from his slumber of disease and old age. Vidura therefore sarcastically addressed Dhritarashtra as king, which he was actually not. Everyone is the servant of eternal time, and therefore no one can be a king in this material world. King means the person who can order. The celebrated English king wanted to order time and tide, but time and tide refused to obey his order. Therefore, one is a fake king in this material world. And Dhritarashtra was particularly reminded of this false position and of the factual fearful happenings which had already approached him at that time. Vidura asked him to get out immediately if he wanted to be saved from the fearful situation which was approaching him fast. He did not ask Maharaj Yudhisthira in that way, because he knew that a king like Maharaj Yudhisthira is aware of all the fearful situations of this flimsy world and would take care of himself in due course, even though Vidura might not be present at that time. Text 19. This frightful situation cannot be remedied by any person in this material world. My Lord, it is the Supreme Personality of Godhead as eternal time, Kala, that has approached us all. Purport by Srila Prabhupada There is no superior power which can check the cruel hands of death. No one wants to die, however acute the source of bodily sufferings may be. Even in the days of so-called scientific advancement of knowledge, there is no remedial measure either for old age or for death. Old age is the notice of the arrival of death served by cruel time, and no one can refuse to accept either summon calls or the supreme judgment of eternal time. This is explained before Dhritarashtra because he might ask Vidura to find out some remedial measure for the imminent fearful situation, as he had ordered many times before. Before ordering, however, Vidura informed Dhritarashtra that there was no remedial measure by anyone from any source in this material world. And because there is no such thing in this material world, death is identical with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As it is said by the Lord himself in the Bhagavad Gita, 10.34. Death cannot be checked by anyone or from any source within this material world. Hiranyakasipu wanted to be immortal and underwent severe types of penance by which the whole universe trembled and Brahma himself approached him to dissuade Hiranyakasipu from such a severe type of penance. Hiranyakasipu asked Brahma to award him with the blessings of immortality. But Brahma said that he himself was subject to death, 
even in the topmost planet. So how could he award him the benediction of immortality? So there is death, even in the topmost planet of this universe. And what to speak of other planets, which are far, far inferior in quality to Brahmaloka, the residing planet of Brahma. Wherever there is the influence of eternal time, there is this set of tribulations, namely birth, disease, old age, and death. And all of them are invincible. Text 20. Whoever is under the influence of Supreme Kala, eternal time, must surrender his most dear life, and what to speak of other things, such as wealth, honor, children, land, and home. Purport by Srila Prabhupada A great Indian scientist, busy in the plan-making business, was suddenly called by invincible, eternal time while going to attend a very important meeting of the planning commission, and he had to surrender his life, wife, children, house, land, wealth, etc. During the political upsurge in India and its division into Pakistan and Hindustan, so many rich and influential Indians had to surrender life, property, and honor due to the influence of time. And there are hundreds and thousands of examples like that all over the world, all over the universe, which are all effects of the influence of time. Therefore, the conclusion is that there is no powerful living being within the universe who can overcome the influence of time. Many poets have written verses lamenting the influence of time. Many devastations have taken place over the universe due to the influence of time, and no one could check them by any means. Even in our daily life, so many things come and go in which we have no hand, but we have to suffer or tolerate them without remedial measure. That is the result of time. Text 21. Your father, brother, well-wishers, and sons are all dead and passed away. You yourself have expended the major portion of your life. Your body is now overtaken by invalidity, and you are living in the home of another. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The king is reminded of his precarious condition, influenced by cruel time, and by his past experience, he should have been more intelligent to see what was going to happen to his own life. His father, Vichitravirya, died long ago, when he and his younger brothers were all little children, and it was due to the care and kindness of Bhishmadev that they were properly brought up. Then again, his brother, Pandu, died also. Then, in the battlefield of Kurukshetra, his 100 sons and his grandsons all died, along with all the other well-wishers, 
like Bhishmadev, Dronacharya, Karna, and many other kings and friends. So he had lost all men and money, and now he was living at the mercy of his nephew, whom he had put into troubles of various types. And despite all these reverses, he thought that he would prolong his life more and more. Vidura wanted to point this out to Dhritarashtra, that everyone has to protect himself by his action and by the grace of the Lord. One has to execute his duty faithfully, depending for the result on the supreme authority. No friend, no children, no father, no brother, no state, and no one else can protect a person who is not protected by the Supreme Lord. One should therefore seek the protection of the Supreme Lord, for the human form of life is meant for seeking that protection. Dhritarashtra was warned of his precarious conditions more and more by the following words. Text 22 You have been blind from your very birth, and recently you have become hard of hearing. Your memory is shortened, and your intelligence is disturbed. Your teeth are loose, your liver is defective, and you are coughing up mucus. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The symptoms of old age which had already developed in Dhritarashtra, were all, one after another, pointed out to him as warning that death was nearing very quickly. And still, he was foolishly carefree about his future. The signs, pointed out by Vidura in the body of Dhritarashtra, were signs of apakshaya, or the dwindling of the material body, before the last stroke of death. The body is born, it develops, stays, creates other bodies, dwindles, and then vanishes. But foolish men want to make a permanent settlement of the perishable body, and they think that their estate, children, society, country, etc. will give them protection. With such foolish ideas, they become overtaken by temporary engagements and forget altogether that they must give up this temporary body and take a new one, again to arrange for another term of society, friendship, and love, again to perish, ultimately. They forget their permanent identity and become foolishly active for impermanent occupations, forgetting altogether their prime duty. Saints and sages like Vidura approach such foolish men to awaken them to the real situation. But they take such sadhus and saints as parasites of society, and almost all of them refuse to hear the words of such sadhus and saints, although they welcome showbottle sadhus and so-called saints who can satisfy their senses. Vidura was not a sadhu to satisfy the ill-gotten sentiment of Dhritarashtra, he was correctly pointing out the real situation of life and how one can save oneself from such catastrophes. Text 
Text 23 Alas, how powerful are the hopes of a living being to continue his life! Verily, you are living just like a household dog and are eating remnants of food given by Bhima. Purport by Srila Prabhupada A sadhu is to speak to the householders about the naked truth of life, so that they may come to their senses about the precarious life in material existence. Dhritarashtra is a typical example of an attached old man in household life. He had become a pauper in the true sense, yet he wanted to live comfortably in the house of the Pandavas, of whom Bhima especially is mentioned, because he personally killed two prominent sons of Dhritarashtra, namely Duryodhana and Dushashana. These two sons were very much dear to him for their notorious and nefarious activities, and Bhima is particularly pointed out because he killed these two pet sons. Why was Dhritarashtra living there at the house of the Pandavas? Because he wanted to continue his life comfortably, even at the risk of all humiliation. Vidura, therefore, was astonished at how powerful is the urge to continue life. This sense of continuing one's life indicates that a living being is eternally a living entity and does not want to change his bodily habitation. The foolish man does not know that a particular term of bodily existence is awarded to him to undergo a term of imprisonment, and the human body is awarded, after many, many births and deaths, as a chance for self-realization to go back home, back to Godhead. But persons like Dhritarashtra try to make plans to live there in a comfortable position with profit and interest, for they do not see things as they are. Dhritarashtra is blind and continues to hope to live comfortably in the midst of all kinds of reversals of life. A sadhu, like Vidura, is meant to awaken such blind persons and thus help them go back home, back to Godhead, where life is eternal. Once going there, no one wants to come back to this material world of miseries. We can just imagine how responsible a task is entrusted to a sadhu like Mahatma Vidura. Text 24 There is no need to live a degraded life and subsist on the charity of those whom you tried to kill by arson and poisoning. You also insulted their married wife and usurped their kingdom and wealth. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda The system of Varnashram religion sets aside a part of one's life completely for the purpose of self-realization and attainment of salvation in the human form of life. This is a routine division of life. But persons like Dhritarashtra, even at their very weary ripened old age, want to stay home, even in a degraded condition of accepting charity from enemies. Vidura wanted to point this out and impressed upon him that it was better to die like his sons 
than to accept such humiliating charity. Five thousand years ago, there was one Dhritarashtra, but at the present moment, there are Dhritarashtras in every home. Politicians, especially, do not retire from political activities unless they are dragged by the cruel hands of death or killed by some opposing element. To stick to family life to the end of one's human life is the grossest type of degradation, and there is an absolute need for the Viduras to educate such Dhritarashtras, even at the present moment. Text 25. Despite your unwillingness to die and your desire to live even at the cost of honor and prestige, your miserly body will certainly dwindle and deteriorate like an old garment. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The words... Kripanasya jijiviso are significant. There are two classes of men. One is called Kripana, and the other is called the Brahmin. The Kripana, or the miserly man, has no estimation of his material body. But the Brahmin has a true estimation of himself and the material body. The Kripana, having a wrong estimation of his material body, wants to enjoy sense gratification with his utmost strength. And even in old age, he wants to become a young man by medical treatment or otherwise. Dhritarashtra is addressed herein as a Kripana, because without any estimation of his material body, he wants to live at any cost. Vidura is trying to open his eyes to see that he cannot live more than his term and then he must prepare for death. Since death is inevitable, why should he accept such a humiliating position for living? It is better to take the right path, even at the risk of death. Human life is meant for finishing all kinds of miseries of material existence, and life should be so regulated that one can achieve the desired goal. Dhritarashtra due to his wrong conception of life, had already spoiled 80% of his achieved energy. So it behooved him to utilize the remaining days of his miserly life for the ultimate good. Such a life is called miserly because one cannot properly utilize the assets of the human form of life. Only by good luck does such a miserly man meet a self-realized soul like Vidura and by his instruction, get rid of the nescience of material existence. Text 26. He is called undisturbed, who goes to an unknown, remote place, and freed from all obligations, quits his material body, when it has become useless. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Narutam Das Thakur, a great devotee and acharya of the Gaudiya Vaishnava sect, 
has sung. My Lord, I have simply wasted my life. Having obtained the human body, I have neglected to worship your Lordship, and therefore I have willingly drunk poison. In other words, the human body is especially meant for cultivating knowledge of devotional service to the Lord, without which life becomes full of anxieties and miserable conditions. Therefore, one who has spoiled his life without such cultural activities is advised to leave home without knowledge of friends and relatives, and, being thus freed from all obligations of family, society, country, etc., give up the body at some unknown destination, so that others may not know where and how he has met his death. Dira means one who is not disturbed, even when there is sufficient provocation. One cannot give up a comfortable family life due to his affectionate relation with his wife and children. Self-realization is obstructed by such undue affection for family, and if anyone is at all able to forget such a relation, he is called undisturbed, or dira. This, however, is the path of renunciation based on a frustrated life. But stabilization of such renunciation is possible only by association with bona fide saints and self-realized souls, by which one can be engaged in the loving devotional service of the Lord. Sincere surrender unto the lotus feet of the Lord is possible by awakening the transcendental sense of service. This is made possible by association with pure devotees of the Lord. Dhritarashtra was lucky enough to have a brother whose very association was a source of liberation for this frustrated life. Text 27 He is certainly a first-class man who awakens and understands, either by himself or from others, the falsity and miseries of the material world, and thus leaves home and depends fully on the personality of Godhead, residing within his heart. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. There are three classes of transcendentalists, namely, one, the dira, or one who is not disturbed by being away from family association. Two, one in the renounced order of life, a sannyasi, by frustrated sentiment. And three, a sincere devotee of the Lord who awakens God consciousness by hearing and chanting and leaves home depending completely on the personality of Godhead, who resides in the heart. The idea is that the renounced order of life, after a frustrated life of sentiment in the material world, may be the stepping stone on the path of self-realization. But real perfection of the actual path of liberation is attained when one is practiced to depend fully on the personality of Godhead who lives in everyone's heart as Paramatma. One may live in the darkest jungle, alone, out of home, but a steadfast devotee knows very well that he is not alone. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is with him, 
and can protect his sincere devotee in any awkward circumstance. One should therefore practice devotional service at home, hearing and chanting the holy name, quality, forms, pastimes, entourage, etc., in association with pure devotees, and this practice will help one awaken God-consciousness in proportion to one's sincerity of purpose. One who desires material benefit by such devotional activities can never depend on the Supreme Personality of Godhead, although he sits in everyone's heart. Nor does the Lord give any direction to persons who worship him for material gain. Such materialistic devotees may be blessed by the Lord with material benefits, but they cannot reach the stage of the first-class human being, as above mentioned. There are many examples of such sincere devotees in the history of the world, especially in India, and they are our guides on the path of self-realization. Mahatma Vidura is one such great devotee of the Lord, and we should all try to follow in his lotus footsteps for self-realization. Text 28 Please, therefore, leave for the north immediately without letting your relatives know. For soon that time will approach which will diminish the good qualities of men. Report by Srila Prabhupada One can compensate for a life of frustration by becoming a dira or leaving home for good without communicating with relatives. And Vidura advised his eldest brother to adopt this way of life without delay, because very quickly the age of Kali was approaching. A conditioned soul is already degraded by the material association, and still in the Kali Yuga, the good qualities of man will deteriorate to the lowest standard. He was advised to leave home before Kali Yuga approached, because the atmosphere which was created by Vidura, his valuable instructions on the facts of life, would fade away due to the influence of the age which was fast approaching. To become Narottam, or a first-class human being, depending completely on the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna, is not possible for any ordinary man. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita 7.28 that a person who is completely relieved of all taints of sinful acts can alone depend on the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna, the Personality of Godhead. Dhritarashtra was advised by Vidura at least to become a dira in the beginning, if it were impossible for him to become a sannyasi or a naratam. Persistently endeavoring on the line of self-realization helps a person to rise to the conditions of a Naratam from the stage of a Dira. The Dira stage is attained after prolonged practice of the yoga system. But by the grace of Vidura, one can attain this stage immediately, simply by willing to adopt the means of the Dira stage, which is the preparatory stage for sannyas. The sannyas stage is the preparatory stage of a Paramahamsa, the first grade devotee of the Lord. 